What is going on, guys? And welcome to episode eight of the Keel Pro Dynasty Show. I'm your host, Caleb, and today we are continuing NFL draft coverage, this time breaking down the top wide receivers in this year's class. And oh, what a class it is. Unlike the running back class, this is a, a little bit deeper. And so deep, in fact, that we are splitting this into two episodes. So tonight we're going to have one through ten in our rankings. And then next week, 11 through 20, plus tight ends. So once again, we have two guests for draft coverage. First, we have recurring guest Riley Feldman. What's going on, Riley? Not much. Just excited to be here again two times. Very exciting. <laughs> yeah, uh, great to have you back on. I know wide receiver is one of your favorite positions to break down, so glad to have you here. And then we have another recurring guest. We've got Austin Brock, a.k.a. Frazier Fresh. How are we doing tonight? Doing great. Excited to talk about some wide receivers. Thank you for having me on and let's get after it. Yeah, glad to have you on as well. You have got some interesting rankings to talk about that maybe are a little bit, uh, maybe maybe more analytics focused than most. Um, but we averaged them out as usual, the consensus ranking. So we all have our own personal rankings that we averaged out <clears throat> to make tonight's order. So without further ado, let's hop right into it. So, like quarterback episode with Trevor Lawrence and the running back episode with Najee Harris, we all have a consensus wide receiver one across the board, and it's LSU wide receiver Jamar Chase. So, coming in at six foot 201, uh, 2019 was unbelievable. Uh, 1,700 yards receiving, 20 touchdowns, a national championship. It, it was incredible, and he was pretty much slated to be the, the number one pick in rookie drafts coming up this season. But obviously, opt, opts out in 2020, and you think maybe things will shake up a little bit. You know, we had some guys with great performances down the list here, and yet he still sits atop our rankings at number one. I'll start with you, Riley. Why is Jamar Chase still here at one in these wide receiver rankings for us? Uh, Jamar Chase is still number one at the receiving rankings because I think he's easily the best receiver in this class. Uh, Devonta Smith is great, but Jamar Chase is head and shoulders above him, in my opinion. And it's because I think he wins in almost every way possible. You could ask a receiver to win. He can beat you with a release. He can beat you with size, strength, speed. He will he'll run a good route. And, like, late separation is one of his, like, biggest strengths is that he can just late separate late. And even when he's covered, he's not. And then, yep, jump ball back shoulder. And he's a great ball tracker as well so I, there's really I can't think of really any like, I mean the one knock you could maybe give on him is that he struggled a little bit to beat press but that's just because he's a little lax in his stance and he can easily fix that at the NFL level uh, the comp I'm similar to Dan who was on the running back show who I put way too much time and effort into my <laughs> comps yeah <laughs> I, I, got, I got some ready for you too Riley so this will be interesting sweet love it <laughs> So for Jamar, I've got Larry Fitzgerald and A.J. Brown. Those Oof. are the kind of comps I have on him. So I think just because he's that thicker, like kind of shorter built receiver, but he and he'll break tackles and he can like beat you in almost any way. So that's why Jamar is head and shoulders my number one. All right. Um, Frazier, you actually traded for a number one overall pick in a league to grab Jamar. You traded C.D. Lamb straight up for Jamar Chase without even knowing his landing spot. <laughs> a, a crazy move since C.D. is one of your draft darlings. What do you see in C.D. that has you so confident to move C.D. Lamb for him? So, yeah, I've kind of revamped my process, like you said, a little bit more analytics lately. And there's a few main boxes I'm looking for people to check. First of all, I'm looking for... Uh, draft capital. So the better the draft capital, the better for me. Um, and I want to see people come out, declare early um, and be productive in college. So those are the main things I'm looking for. And then after that, it just comes down to size and athleticism. And those are the things that kind of puts Jamar above CD for me for last year, along with draft capital as well, when it gets up to like top five um, these are you're talking some pretty special wide receiver talents. So those are the boxes that I'm looking for. And Jamar pretty much just nails them across the board. So I think with my trade, I was taking a chance. I think the Bengals are going to not be able to resist pairing them with uh, Burrow. So 
in my mind, I'm thinking that's probably, I'd say like a 70% chance happening at this point. And yeah, so that's, that's what separates Jamar from not only the receivers last year for me, but also the receivers this year. Yeah, if we get Jamar to the Bengals, you know, a lot of people have been banging the drum for offensive linemen, but to pair those two back up together, we saw the numbers they put up in 2019, so that would be huge for him. But, yeah, I'm with you guys. Number one wide receiver, um, film and analytics. I mean, he ran a 4-3-4 at his pro day, which you can – I mean, th- those LSU numbers were really high, but still crazy even if you maybe want to take a few tenths off it. Across the board for workout metrics, 80th percentile or higher for burst score, agility score, catch radius. I mean, this guy checks all the boxes. Um, You guys touched on most of it, but, you know, strong hands, plucks the ball well, has great acceleration, can line up anywhere. Um, And, and, I mean, really, it's hard to really pick anything, uh, like Riley said, maybe against press at times, but you're really nitpicking with him. I guess after the catch, he's like nothing special, but he's still good enough to where when you have this contested catchability and everything that um, if that's like an average trade of his, he's still uh, an elite prospect. Um, Obviously opted out in 2020, so you would have liked to see him play this past season, see if he can keep it up, but I guess keeps his body fresh for another year. He's going to be what? He'll be 21 uh, coming into this this year mm-hmm. so young prospects i mean yeah i think this is a guy who'll be right there in non-super flex as that 101 right there with maybe like a naji uh i'm not sure how much landing spots really going to change that so um yeah jamar chase wide receiver one yeah and the thing that you mentioned that probably worries me the most is with how physical he was i could picture him being that kind of guy that just stays nicked up and I know I, I did a couple comps. I got a high-end comp and a low-end comp for each guy, and my low-end was Sammy Watkins, where oh. maybe he got the talent and this kind of just stays nicked up um, and never can fully realize it. Um, and these are just uh, like size, production, age, and draft capital comps. So if I give one that's not necessarily play style, it's just to let you know. And my, my high-end one was Odell Beckham. Oof. I feel like is probably his theoretical upside. Yeah, I could definitely see that being his ceiling. And that's, I mean, you get a guy like that in a rookie draft, high investment, um, you're going to be set for a while, something you can build your offense around. I know you did that with Julio Jones back in the day in our league. So mm-hmm. uh, you get that rock on your team, like a Jamar Chase that you can use for possibly the next decade. Uh, that's huge for your dynasty teams. So, for sure. yeah. All right. Number two, we might have a little bit of a surprise here for you guys, but we have Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota coming in at six foot 190, um, maybe a little smaller than we expected. It's, we, it sort of seems like he's been shrinking based on his measurables that have been coming out through Minnesota. He was listed at like 6'2", yeah. 6'2", 210, 6'2", 200, and all of a sudden he's six foot 190, but Still a really nice prospect. Um, freshman year already, he had 51 catches for 700 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, doubled that pretty much in 2019. His breakout year, 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns. Uh, uh, this year was weird. He opted out um, for COVID. Actually, he had COVID in the summer, and then he, he had an increased risk because he had asthma. So that's why he initially opted out of the season. But once he fully recovered in the Big Ten, announced that they were returning, he he was all in and I can tell this guy just loves the game of football. He never takes a snap off. Um, he didn't look as great this past season, but uh, Frazier, he's your number two wide receiver in your rankings. Do you see enough with him? Obviously you do to, to warrant this number two spot. What do you like about Rashad Bateman? Uh, Rashad for me, I mean, back when he was six one two fifteen, he was, <laughs> I was all over him. Um, I'm a little bit less in on him now that he came in. I think he said he played around 195 when he was healthy. Um, but as far as production, he hits all of my thresholds that I'm looking for. Um, if he gets around like pick 20 draft capital, which I'm actually, I think he's been picking up momentum in mocks recently. Um, that's just another checkbox. And with the only with my only question being his upside as far as size, if he can be like a true number one, 
Um, Because if you go through all the NFL teams, I'd say a majority of them you have as their top dynasty wide receivers, usually like a guy who's above six foot, above 200. So Mm -hmm. in the top of my rankings, I'm looking for people that can be that. So I have slight question marks if Rashad can be that. Um, But as far as why he's up here in my rankings, I just think he's got less uh, question marks than some of the guys below him. Okay. Riley, you have him at wide receiver four. What have you seen on film with Rashad Bateman? Yeah, I think Rashad Bateman's a fine receiver. Uh, He is comfortably below the top three for me. Uh, I think he's a fringe first-round prospect, especially after what he came in heightened size-wise. And obviously, COVID probably took a toll on him this season, so I'm not going to factor that into my rankings with him too much. I'm more evaluating him off of his 2019 tape. And Minnesota is just one of those like kind of weird offenses where the quarterbacks, the quarterback, well, they're taught to read a zone on the field and they just like, they'll do a bunch of smash concept and like have these guys just wide open on these slants and little hitches and stuff. But I mean, he looked good. He can win in a multitude of ways. He's, I don't love his uh, release. He has a false step at the start every single time, but that's something that can be fixed and he still beat, press and like tight coverage pretty well so i like him as a prospect uh going back to my comp here i have a michael gallup which kind of speaks to what frazier said about him where it's like is he a one i'm not entirely sure but i think he's got that potential and he's right on that fringe first round range for me so yeah i think rashad bateman and he's got a great analytical profile as well so yeah, I sort of come in uh, in the middle of you guys. You have him at four, Frazier at two, me at three. Uh, he's an interesting player. The, the 2019 film was really fun to watch. 2020 was weird. Uh, they didn't use him downfield as much. It, it seemed like he was a little more uh, tentative over the middle this year. But when you go back to 2019, you just see a guy who could dominate in a, in a bunch of different ways. You know, a clean route runner, uh, can attack the ball, really good in contested uh, catch situations and he plays bigger than he is like I believe that he was in that 6-1-6-2 range and then he what he came in and I was pretty pretty surprised um, but he never takes plays off he's he's got good speed what did he run I think he ran a 4-4-3 so 4-4 speed that's pretty good uh, you want to see that with where his size is at um, maybe not the most elusive guy um, um, wasn't I mean I mean, he can make guys miss at times, but it's not like a trademark thing of him. I see someone like uh, a Keenan Allen in him where, you know, you wonder, can he be the wide receiver one in an offense? Um, I, I think he's going to get to the point where he's he's going to, you know, you talked about off the line what he needs to work on. But I think he's one of the guys in this draft that can immediately come in and, and contribute for not only an NFL team, but possibly your dynasty teams. I think he's one of the safer prospects in this draft. And, uh, yeah, that's why I've got him right there at three. It was close between him and Devonta. I just feel like he's a safer pick at this point. Yeah, and the when I was watching him, I just couldn't, and this was back when I thought he was 6'2", 2'10", but I just mm-hmm. couldn't shake the feeling of watching, like, Devonte Adams, where this guy is not, like, blowing me away, like, with his athleticism, but he's just winning, like, everywhere, however he wants. So I could maybe picture him developing into that type of player but yeah i think he's fantasy wise i think he's more of kind of like a a safe play like you mentioned mm-hmm. all right on to number three and we actually have a tie in our rankings here between two receivers uh we'll start with this one uh alabama devonta smith and it's crazy to think a heisman trophy winning wide receiver isn't in our top two even and he's tied at three, but uh, what else can you say? What an incredible season he had this past year. 1,800 yards receiving, 23 touchdowns. I mean, the year before, 1,200 yards receiving, 14 touchdowns with the weapons they already had there. Uh, comes in at six foot 170, and I'm sure you'll touch on this, Frazier, but that is very small for a receiver. <laughs> um, he, he's lower in here because of of that maybe um phrase you have him a little bit lower in our rankings than you would expect but we'll start with riley you have him as your wide receiver too you're still a believer well what are your thoughts on devonta smith 
I do not care that he's 170. The <laughs> tape, like it's, he is amazing. He is a fantastic receiver. And as I mentioned with Jamar Chase, he can win in almost every single way, and it doesn't matter. Like his size has never um, affected him in any way on the football field. He has an amazing relief release. He has size. I mean, he can win with size. He can win with his speed, which is, and he just seems to glide around on the football field, which helps him with his separation. He can late separate. He can hit the back shoulder. He can win in jump ball situations, as we saw over Stingley. He beat every single corner he played in the SEC, which had players like J.C. Horn, Stingley's of the world that are going to be top 10 picks in their own right. He catches the ball. He tracks it well. And he like his route running is just so amazing where he'll change paces and change of direction is phenomenal. And he gives you a little something after the catch, too, despite his size. I mean, he's a fantastic prospect, and I'm kind of sad that Rashad Bateman is over him in our composite <laughs> rankings. Well, My comps would be Marvin Harrison and Chad Johnson. Okay, yeah, I've seen those comps a lot. I've seen the Marvin Harrison quite a bit. Um, I like that. Frazier... Uh, the reason he's probably this low is because you have him at wide receiver six. It sort of drops him down in our average rankings here. What do you have, what do you have here with Devonta Smith that has you has him outside of your top five wide receivers? You know, I think this number three spot's a very fair spot for him. Not gonna lie. Sure. Um, but like you said, the size it's honestly not as big of a deal to me because if he gets drafted where he's gonna be drafted, I feel like the team that draft him there and along with the NFL in general decided it's not too much of an issue. Um, for me, the reason I keep him this low is simply just because when I'm doing like an analytics standpoint for fantasy, I'm trying to create these pools um, of players that I can then pick from. And he just falls a couple spots below and it's mostly from him taking until his junior year to truly like flourish in that Alabama offense despite kind of being the same age as the guys he was playing with like in year one he was behind I mean this is Alabama so a little bit of context can be put into it um, but like Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs in year one and then year two is kind of when like I'll, I'll give someone a pass if they don't break out year one um, usually but if they don't do that I want to at least see them kind of take a step forward year two and he did, but he was still behind like Irv Smith, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy in the offense. And if you're comparing him to his teammates, which is kind of the best we can do from a statistics standpoint, I mean, I would like to see him be up there closer to like Jerry Judy at that point. And that makes me wonder kind of what, like, like why, why couldn't you do that? Why weren't you up there? But year three is where he, Definitely took a step forward, was right there with Jerry Judy. Um, but not being able to do that is kind of makes me question like his upside a little more. Like we've seen Ruggs going in the NFL and struggle, and yet Ruggs was able to be more of the offense for the majority of the time that they were there. And then we've seen Judy come in. He was he was all right, but he struggled a little bit. And I think Going along with that, I think Jerry Judy, I think Devonta could be a little bit better than Jerry Judy, but I think that's probably my high, high-end comp. So I think that's kind of what I'm expecting out of Devonta. And if, and I'm not fully in on Jerry Judy either. I just think they're both kind of average to good. Um, so there's a few players with a little bit more upside that are pushing him down my rankings a little bit. Okay, yeah, that's interesting how how he's done compared to his teammates. I know a lot of people use that. Uh, this has been a guy that's been debated between the fan, film and analytics crowd for months. Honestly, I'm excited just for it to be over and see what happens. <laughs> but uh, Riley highlighted all of his strengths. I mean, ex insane quickness on the release. Um, Call him the Slim Reaper because, I mean, the way you said it, he glides across the field like – the way he moves just doesn't make much sense, but he gets around defenders and get to the edge and shows good speed to run away from guys. Um, precise route runner, uh, just great body control too. Some of the best in this class. We, we all know about that one catch. Um, 
you know, he's a little thinner. The the numbers aren't what you were looking for, like Frazier said. I'm not sure if I see him. I just don't know if I see him taking over a wide receiver core um, at the next level. I'm interested to see where he goes, but I just don't know if I see him being like just a, a, a world ender, like maybe like Rashad Bateman. I just don't see quite the upside with him. And I know you have an interesting, some interesting comps for him based on his profile uh, size and production. Uh, Want to enlighten us, Frazier, on those? <laughs> sure. I, I mean, I think the easiest just straight up size comp is probably Paul Richardson. And uh, we know he struggled with injuries, never truly got a chance to come out. So Devonta is going to get a much better draft capital than Paul. So I think he could be, He's more of like a safer choice. I think he's got more upside than Paul Richardson had. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, the biggest thing for me that I forgot to mention was um, him being just a non-early declare. It makes me makes me wonder why he didn't come out last year. And um, I know he's mentioned wanting to get the degree, but just historically, the non-early declares have hit at a lower rate than the early declare. So that's just a big checkbox that he doesn't hit for me but yeah the size comps i also have like john hightower there's there's a name oh boy um, <laughs> i think he was yeah 6'2 172 so right around that that same range yeah so they're interesting he would definitely be an outlier for sure but i'm definitely excited to see if he can translate what he showed this past year to the nfl yeah if there's any analytics outlier you want to look at it's devonta smith we saw what he's done on the field so uh, if you're still willing to bet on that in your dynasty drafts i mean i've seen him go all, all over the place in the first round of rookie drafts you know for a while he was top three and he's sort of been mid first um in super flex i've seen him fall to like pick 12 or 13 so he's kind of all over the board and you know, once we get the landing spot sorted out and maybe um, that sort of thing, maybe we'll find out more. But um, it just kind of, sort of comes down to preference with him, I think. Uh, you, you get a range of results you might get from him. You can shoot for the stars or it might just be sort of a letdown, sort of just Paul Richardson production, like you said. So, uh, yeah, interesting player, Devonta Smith. Number four, we have the guy who tied him, his teammate, Jalen Waddell, coming in at 5'9", 180. Um, this is a guy hasn't quite had the production. He's dealt with some injuries, obviously this season, um, you know, never has never topped a thousand yards, but when he's on the field, I mean, he's, he's my wide receiver too. And people love to throw around Tyree kill comparisons. Like it's going out of style, but, uh, this is one of the first guys that's just like, for me is like, yeah, I could see this guy being a Ty Tyree kill level player in the NFL, I think he, he's just a game breaker, a game changer. They're just the speed with this guy, elite acceleration, elite speed that, you know, he gets in the league. He's going to be one of the top five fastest players out there. And he's a playmaker in the return game. Um, he showed reliable hands. And with him, you know, you think maybe, you know, he's got this speed. He's just a deep threat, but he can be used in a short and intermediate game as well. He's great across the field. He shows um, the good ability to sink his hips and change direction. Direction, And with that burst, he's able to just get up field in the flash. I mean, with the uh, even like contested, he's not really like a contested catch guy, you know, with his size, but we, sh we shows flashes. Um, if you have a chance to watch it, I think it's 2019 game against Mizzou. He just uh, cuts down field vertical and makes like a center fielder play in baseball over two Mizzou defenders, gets hit, still makes the catch. So he shows flashes with that. Um, maybe the knock is he doesn't really break tackles or he's not that physical. But when you're that fast, I don't really worry about that part of your game. I mean, he's making guys miss and getting downfield. He doesn't really have to break tackles. So, yeah, uh, Jalen Waddle, my number two wide receiver in this class. I'm excited to see where he goes in the draft um, to see if he'll make an instant impact. But this is just a guy, if he can stay healthy, um, I think he's going to be a problem at the next level. I'll throw it over to – how about we go Riley this time? Yeah, no, I love Jalen Waddle as well, Caleb. Um, the only knock on him and, like, the thing you wish is, like, his film just leaves you wanting more. The problem is there's just not enough of it from him. Like, he shows you mm -hmm. flashes of everything. Like, he can 
like he's got the same speed as Henry Ruggs, and just based on what you hear is that like the GPS timing that is coming out through NFL circles is that he was by far the fastest person on the field this year uh, in college football. So like he's got that Henry Ruggs speed, but like with actually having lateral agility, like yeah. which is gonna help him a lot, and like obviously he's plus plus in the return game. And, like, the acceleration, like, he can do it all. Uh, he's undersized, but, yeah, really, he's just raw, and you got to worry a little bit about injury concerns with him because of his size, too. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I have his comp as well. It's other 31 teams, Tyreek Hill. Like, obviously, <laughs> Tyreek Hill gets the boost of being with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So, like, if you just imagine what Tyreek Hill would be on a team that's not the Chiefs, that's what I think you're going to end up with with Jalen Waddle. Okay, so number two wide right receiver for me, number three for you. Uh, Frazier, he comes in at number seven. What are the numbers telling you? Uh, this is a guy where at first glance, Steve, analytics numbers say you should just kind of not like him at all, but he's one of the guys that I, I kind of like putting some context in for because at first glance, you see his dominator. If you look at that, it's nothing special. His breakout age is high. Um, but then you kind of dig a little bit deeper in his freshman year, his first year on campus, and he comes on and he is immediately second in yards on the team behind Jerry Judy. Um, he's an electric punt returner, so he gets yards that way as well. Um, the question mark, which kind of is skewing his entire profile, would be his sophomore year where all of a sudden he kind of took a back seat to Ruggs and Judy and Devonta for, I don't know if he was hurt that year. I honestly haven't checked, but. Then he comes out this year and just uh, almost, I think he was outpacing Devonta when he got hurt and him getting hurt kind of skews those numbers as well. So if you put a little context to that, be like he, if he would have stayed healthy, he would have been right there with uh, Devonta and who knows what they think of him. So he's a guy that I think I'm going to end up moving up higher than this, than seven. I think I could easily see him being like, a, I think I mentioned earlier that I, after two or after Bateman, I got a lot of a huge glob of guys where any I could convince myself to taking. Waddle is definitely one of those where I could convince myself to taking him at three. Um, and the other concern, like you like you mentioned, Tyreek or like Riley mentioned, Tyreek is the most common comp, but everyone loves to think about, oh yeah, Tyreek, he's putting up 1,500 yards, 10 touchdowns, but. Yeah, what does what is a Tyreek on another team, and can a team mm-hmm. unlock Waddle similar to how Tyreek is locked? Because I think that's his path to fantasy wide receiver one upside. Otherwise, I think he could be capped if he goes to a team where it's not they can't fully unleash his talents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting, and where he's probably mocked to go. I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams with average quarterback play in the top like 14 or so. So you got to hope he goes. I don't, I really don't know where I want him to go. I mean, I've seen him mock to the Eagles giants. I don't know if there's really a spot in that top half where I'm like, I, I think he can um, be big time production in year one, but um, yeah, he's, he's a guy I really love on film. Um, I wish he could have stayed healthy, but if, if he can put it all together, he's got massive upside at the next level. All right, on to number five, and this is a guy who's been climbing up boards lately, and that is Terrace Terrace Marshall out of LSU, sort of the kind of forgotten receiver at LSU, and maybe that's why he's starting to come around now. Um, Another one where he doesn't have crazy yardage numbers, but the the touchdowns, I mean, he was a machine. Um, In 2019, 46 catches, 13 of them being touchdowns. And in 2020, 48 catches, 10 of them being touchdowns. And that that's without Joe Burrow. Um, so this guy, I mean, he's, he's he was a focal point in, in seven games this season with Chase gone. Um, Frazier, he's your wide receiver three in this class. So he's really gone up for you. Uh, coming in at 6'2", 205, so good size. What are your thoughts on Terrace, Terrace Marshall? Yeah, Terrace comes in right now at the top of my my glob that I was talking about. And it mostly comes down to that size that I mentioned, where he fits that prototypical wide receiver one size that the majority of teams have right now. So 
he definitely has question marks, but I think everyone else below him does as well. So at that point, I'm I'm going to take the chance on Terrace um, kind of putting it together um, more than he did so while he was in, in college. Um, he came out, I believe he was a five-star recruit the same year as Jamar. Um, they both kind of took a backseat to Justin Jefferson, and this was the year before Burrow got there, so that offense wasn't wasn't near as prolific. But then in year two, I think he, I don't have the stats up in front of me, but he got, played about, I think it was like four or five games into the season, and he was right on pace with Jamar and with Justin Jefferson in yardage, and then he had a an injury that I think he missed a couple games, and then he tried to play through it, so that ended up skewing his yard, so that could be some more context, like we were talking about with Waddle, that we could mm-hmm. maybe put to, to Terrace, and then this year he was dominating that offense until he until he opted out and when uh Keishon or Keyshawn Boot came out 2023 wide receiver one <laughs> um, but yeah so like I said just a guy he fits that mold um and with a bunch of question marks at this point in my rankings for me I'm gonna take a, a chance on this guy um being that wide receiver one in an offense all right Riley, you have him just outside your top five at six. What are your thoughts on him? I like Terrace Marshall a lot. And, you know, this draft, it's kind of kind of like you're at the casino. There's just a lot of slots. And, uh, <laughs> and he kind of stands out as someone who has a bit of a different profile from these other receivers. That You're, you're going to see a lot of short, quicker, shiftier receivers in this class where he is that. I mean, he's also still has like got a lot of his production from the slot, but he's that like Fraser mentioned that archetype where he's the six-two, two-zero-five uh, typical receiver. I see a lot of DJ Chark in his game where he's kind of thinner, but he's lanky and like he's smooth throughout his routes and he's good at tracking and can get downfield like slant, go, post those kind of routes and then he can use his side and obviously he's just a red zone beast where he's just catching I think he's got 25 touchdowns over the past two years so yeah he's a great prospect as well and he gives you a little if you're looking for a big receiver you're pretty you're looking at Terrace Marshall if that's your type so yeah definitely in a class where where it's lacking that kind of size this is the guy I've got the same comp as you DJ Chark maybe kind of a cop-out since he went to LSU as well, but you see the similarities. Um, he's got these long strides that sort of, they just eat up space so quickly. He's deceptively fast. I mean, he ran a 4-4 uh, flat, so he's got 4-4 speed in him at that size. is very impressive. Uh, he's got really good body control. He's versatile. He can line up wherever. Um, young prospect. He doesn't turn 21 until June, so he's going to be a 20-year-old getting drafted. Uh, can can track the ball well, solid route runner. Um, the drops this year, for whatever reason, he had an increase in drops. So I'm not sure if that was a blip in the radar or if that's something maybe we'll have to look at, but um, hopefully can improve on that. Uh, got thrown around as a blocker is a little bit what I saw. But overall, yeah, this is like one of those guys who, who's been rising up rankings, and I can see the upside with his sort of body type and the way he plays where – He's going to be a sneaky pick. I mean, I saw for a while he, he's pretty much been mid-second round in rookie drafts, but he's slowly creeping up where it's like, you know, early second or a good landing spot late first. I mean, he's sort of in that Kansas City Chiefs territory at the end of round one. So if that happens all of a sudden, uh, he's going to be blowing up in stock. But um, definitely a guy uh, to keep your eye on in terms of uh, upside and what he can do at the next level. All right, how about one more guy that's been rising up boards, both these dudes? We've got not Rondale Moore, but Elijah Moore. Um, he's he's sort of come out of not entirely nowhere, but, you know, we've been talking about guys like Rondale Moore forever, and for Elijah to jump in here and, and take the sixth spot, um, it's impressive. He's, he comes in at 5'9", 178. Uh, he's, he's more of a slot receiver. It's pretty much what he does. Um you know, as a freshman, he was playing with um, a couple receivers you might have heard of, DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown. Um, yeah, so we've got a bit of a pedigree here at Ole Miss with some top receivers. But freshman year, almost 400 yards receiving. I mean, with those guys that were there, not bad. Um, s- second year, 
850 yards, six touchdowns, and then he really puts it together this year uh, in just eight games, 86 86 receptions, 1,100 yards, and eight touchdowns. Uh, Really broke out onto the seam. Uh, We'll throw it over to, how about Riley? Uh, What are your thoughts on Elijah Moore, and why is he the first Moore in your rankings? I love Elijah Moore. I mean, the production profile, I mean, this year was, amazing lane kip and fed him and i just like i mean he gets open he's a great route runner he's got after the catch ability he and he tested out of this world his testing numbers were fantastic he's got good hands i think he's he's probably going to end up above bateman for me wow. uh, i just like him that much um and yeah, I mean, I just think he he's giving you everything you're getting with Rondale, but not as much injury concerns and more on-field production. I mean, as of late, we just haven't seen Rondale in a while. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I love Elijah Moore, and my comp for him is Tyler Lockett, and that's one of the most sound ones I'll have in terms of play style as well as entire body athletic profile. Uh, Tyler Lockett is the comp I have for him. Yeah, I like that comp a lot. Uh, Frazier, what are your thoughts on Elijah Moore? Uh, a lot of stuff to get excited about, like Riley mentioned. Every time you see this clips of him on Twitter, it's making people look silly and just doing crazy things. The production is out of this world. He, like you said, played with DK and AJ Brown, and he still he had a pretty good chunk of that offense even as a freshman, and then. Year two, he was not playing with much names of note, um, and he he acted like it. He dominated the offense. He had 67 catches. The next closest guy had to 20, so that's just ridiculous. <laughs> this year, similar to 86, next closest guy had 27. Um, yeah, the only thing keeping me from having this guy super high is, like we said, the size. Um, I have Antonio Brown as my super high-end comp, which Oof. I'm not not expecting at all i mean antonio brown is just a freak of nature but um i know that's his comp on the nfl.com so i i've seen it other places so um but yeah at five i think five nine one seventy eight from a fantasy fantasy perspective there's other guys i'd like to um take a chance on but he has all the makings of um a smaller guy that could light the fantasy world on fire yeah, he's a ton of fun to watch. You know, for a smaller guy, he just does everything well at his size. Slippery after the catch, uh, very agile, can make defenders miss. Uh, good route runner, so sudden in and out of his breaks. He's got super quick feet, good footwork. Um, the ball just sticks to his glove. I have in parentheses S because he, he, he loves to make one-handed catches as well. Um, and he can catch the ball through contact. You know, you wonder if this guy won't be as physical over the middle. I don't think it's a problem with him. He's shown um, that he can hang with big hits and still make the catch, which you love to see. Um, plays primi- primarily out of the slot, so it'll be interesting. Do you guys think he'll sort of maintain that role at the next level, or you think he might move outside, Riley? Yeah, I think he's, I mean, like I said, my comp is Tyler Lockett, and I wouldn't doubt, like, I mean, just based off the way he tested, I think he has the ability to go out there, but I don't see any reason to move him out of the slot with that size and quickness. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you're going to be able to maximize his role. From a fantasy perspective, uh, you got to worry a little bit about him being able to score touchdowns. They do matter in fantasy. So, <laughs> But, I mean, over his last three games in school, he had over 600 yards receiving. So that's pretty yeah. impressive. <laughs> Yeah, he was putting up stat lines that were just bonkers this year. Yeah, and and then at his pro day, he goes out and runs a 4-3-5. So um, that really opened some eyes, too. He had 98th percentile agility score. He's still just 21 years old, 21 on the dot. So, um, yeah, this guy, he's been moving up boards and for good reason. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where he goes in the draft. It sort of sounds like late first, early second. That's all I've really seen. And if he ends up at, um, in a nice landing spot at the end of the first, I think we could see instant impact out of Elijah Moore. All right. On to the other Moore. He comes in at number seven, Rondale Moore out of Purdue. What an interesting prospect this guy is. Coming in at 5'7", 181. <laughs> He tested out of this world, ran a 4-3-2 at his pro day, um, crazy burst score, agility score, 
I just I can't figure out this guy because what he what he tests at his size is crazy. Um, the the numbers we've kind of seen a regression with the injuries. You know, freshman year, and this is why he has that he's got that crazy breakout age. People uh, look for 18.2, 99th percentile. That freshman year, 1,200 yards receiving, 12 touchdowns, and then over 200 yards rushing on top of that. I mean, uh, that was just insane. But after that, he's been dealing with injuries. We just haven't seen it all together uh, with him lately. So it's kind of tough to tell what we're expecting at the next level. Frazier, you're the highest on him at uh, wide receiver five in your rankings. What's Rondale's story? Rondale's story is, for me, it's almost kind of similar to De- to Devonta's where he's if he hits, he's going to be a complete outlier. I think he needs an offense that um, needs to know how to use him. I mean, 5'7 is almost unheard of for a wide receiver, but at least he's thick. Um, and like you said, I mean, the production is nuts. This freshman year um, from a yards per team pass attempt was, I think, one of the, might be the best I've seen since 2014, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but then, like you said, struggled with injuries year two, year three. Um, still, even when he was on the field, he was still putting up pretty good stats, but not quite as good as year one. Um, so it's 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 interesting because you you like he's one of those guys where he's another size outlier. There's question marks there, but when it comes down to it, if I'm picking between like him and Devonta, for example, I'm going to pick the guy who had the historic first year of um, production. Um, I mean, I could side with Devonta for draft capital, but um, again, Rondale is early declare, whereas um, Devonta wasn't. So, I mean, there's a lot of question marks for me in this tier. So it's it comes down to preference and personally those that breakout age and um, him early declaring are the tiebreakers for me in this range. Okay. Uh, Riley, you have him the lowest out of us at wide receiver eights. What do you have with Rondale? Yeah, I like Rondale a lot. I love his freshman year tape a ton. I don't know what the hell Jeff Brown was doing this year. It's like, I know Rondale opted out and then came back when the season like was announced. It's almost like they just completely didn't plan for him to be there and they were like, Oh, you're back. Let's just throw a couple like jet sweep like bubble passes to you. Maybe and then see what you do. We won't block them though or anything. And, uh, <laughs> that was what they that's what they did for him this year. So his tape was just infuriating this year, but so you're pretty much evaluating him off of his freshman year tape, which is fantastic and I love the, like, I mean, he's a freak in the weight room. He's a freak athletically, but the size and durability concerns that have already reared their heads kind of, you're afraid there could be indicative of what's going to be in the future. I do have a Curtis Samuel comp on him. And sure. so, I mean, maybe play him a little bit at running back too. I mean, five, yeah. seven's a little bit more stomachable <laughs> at running back. He's got the contact balance and stuff too. So I think you can just use him as a multi-tool asset, uh, like similar to that Curtis Samuel, but it just you got to worry about. But I still like Rondale a lot, and I love his freshman year tape. My, yeah, my favorite comp, I think it was, I think it was actually you, Caleb, that said it. But it, or I don't know if it was yours, but you saw it somewhere. It was Calvin Johnson stuck, and I think it was in Jamison Crowder's body or <laughs> another player like that. <laughs> that was um, that might have been your inheritance when I care. That was yeah. <laughs> That that's literally like you just wish this guy was bigger. I mean, yeah. he jumps out of the gym, um, you know, lightning quick, twitchy, great long speed, and he was he showed physicality for his size. He's slippery, isn't afraid of contact, um, playmaker in the return game. He's a young prospect, doesn't turn 21 until June. Actually shares a birthday with Terrace Terrace Marshall, same day, same year. Fun fact. Wow. Um, had the incredible <laughs> freshman breakout. But, like, we're adding up these things. You guys are mentioning, like, Frazier says he needs to follow the right situation where they use him right. Um, The injury issues, the size. These these negatives are kind of adding up here where 
uh, I understand sort of why he's a lot lower, like at wide receiver eight for you, Riley. And, you know, this past season, they just like, they didn't use him downfield at all. It was weird. Um, they were just swinging it around and like, yeah, he's good at that, but uh, we didn't really get to see him downfield at all. And you're wondering at five, seven, can he succeed downfield to the next level? So um, yeah, what an, what an interesting player. I, I think it will come down to sort of where he lands. You know, if the NFL views him as a late first prospect, um, like if he went to the Packers for some reason, we decided to take a receiver. I'm sure LaFleur could get the best out of him. But, you know, if he goes somewhere where maybe they're, they don't use him to his skill set, um, with the size and injury concerns, there's definitely some concern here with Rondell Moore that we're sort of noticing here. So um, still has that great upside with the athleticism, what we've seen at a young age, but um, the positive and negatives are pretty, pretty big on this guy. So I could, he's, he's a bit of a polarizing prospect there and it'll be interesting to see what, what he does. Um, rookie drafts, I've been seeing pretty much early second for him. So that's about in the, in the range where you're picking, you can take a shot. Uh, but I don't know. He's not quite as safe as these, the other prospects in this range for me. Yeah, I think Thursday is going to be, or next Thursday is going to be a big night for him. If if I see a team go up and, well, not go up, but a team take him in the late first, showing confidence that they have a plan for him, and if they're not worried about his size, I'm going to be way higher on him than if all of a sudden it's late round two and he's still slipping. Mm-hmm. I'd start to get worried. Yeah, I'd agree. All right, number eight, we have a guy who I feel like has been kind of flying under the radar, and that's Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC, coming in at 5'11", 197. Um, freshman year was already putting, bit up, putting up big numbers, 60 receptions, 750 yards, three touchdowns. 2019, he goes over 1,006 tutties. Had the shortened year. Um, the Pac-12 was weird, but uh, 41 receptions, seven touchdowns, quite a – Quite a touchdown ratio. Um, USC has slowly been pumping out these wide receiver prospects over the past few years. And uh, this is a guy, you know, I've, Riley, I've seen you snake him at like the end of a few, I feel like it's end of the second in rookie drafts a few times, and it feels like a steal each time. Uh, what are your thoughts on Amon Ra? I mean, Amon Ra is just the classic solid football player. Like, you know what you're getting them when you take them. I mean, he is... You're gonna get a guy who is—he's gonna give you a nice route. He's gonna—he's gonna be physical after the catch. I mean, he's really jacked up. I mean, his his dad is a former Mister Universe or Mister mm-hmm. Olympia bodybuilder. So I was just watching a video of him benching 95 at like I think it was like seven years old <laughs> the other day. So like, yeah, he's been <laughs> in the weight room for a long time. But yeah, and. He had seven touchdowns this year, you said, Caleb, correct? Yeah. He had four of those in one quarter against Washington oh, that's State. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> and another uh, another one with a sick backdoor cover fade at the end of the UCLA game. Yeah, people so. forget. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, my comp is uh, Tyler Boyd. Similar production profile where Tyler Boyd had that early breakout and uh, great production at Pittsburgh as well as like similar play styles. They're going to be that wide receiver, too. They're going to be reliable for you. Don't think there's any wide receiver one upside there with him, but I think he's physical, and he's going to be a great guy. He's going to be a guy you want to draft on your team in day two. All right. Uh, Frazier, he comes in at 10 for you. Is he still in that glob of guys that's really close, or is he maybe down a tier? Uh, I think he's going to end up down a tier for me for a lot of the reasons that Riley mentioned. I just don't see that that wide receiver one upside, and that's kind of reflected in his production from year to year. And In year one and year two, he was pretty behind Michael Pittman both of those years. And then even year three, the straight London guy, who I believe was a freshman, came in and, and up almost, I mean, yardage outproduced him. Amon caught more balls, but that combined with his athletic testing, which came in, I mean, he was slow. I don't know about the rest of his numbers offhand, but just left me a little bit underwhelmed. Um, and just a guy that I think is going to be a great pick for an NFL team in, in round three or round two if they want to go that high, but just not a guy I'm too excited about for fantasy. Yeah, Riley, I like the Tyler Boyd comp, and I could kind of see him having that same sort of production where it's like, 
there's not this one trait where I look at him and I'm like, this guy's going to dominate at the next level, but he does so many things so well that I have a hard time seeing him not just being a, a successful NFL player, you know, crisp route runner. Uh, he's so smooth in and out of his breaks. He makes everything look easy. Um, pretty physical after the catch at times, you know, he talked about that, the weightlifting and such with his dad, you know, strong guy, got strong hands, pretty reliable there. Um, not really a deep threat, uh, four, six, one speed at his pro day. So that's not really what you want to see, but he's great in the short and intermediate passing game. So yeah, I agree. I think he's, he's a really solid wide receiver to an offense. That's not going to be a glamorous receiver. You're not going to see like highlights of this guy, um, a whole lot, but he's just going to go day in, day out and be, be a solid wide receiver two at the NFL and probably a solid wide receiver two, three in fantasy. So, um, yeah, if you're looking for a safe pick in the second round, I feel like Amon Ra is, uh, that guy in your rookie drafts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh. I think it's interesting with Rondale and Amon, like they're just mm-hmm. like, they're right similar in rankings, but like if you're in the second round and you're in a fantasy draft, like it depends on your philosophy, really. Yeah, if you're looking yeah, for if you, a hit, mm-hmm. go with them on. If you're looking to shoot the moon, go with Rondale. Exactly. Yeah. Figure out if you're if you're more of a conservative player or if you want to go for it. That's exactly what it is with those two guys in that area. Are you an on base guy or a slugging percentage? <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to number nine, and we have Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State coming in at 5'11", 194. Um, a guy who was at OK State for four years. Uh, freshman year, didn't do a whole lot, but uh, sophomore year, had a crazy year in 2018. 86 receptions, almost 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns. Um, has around the same sort of numbers on a per-game average around that. I mean, 2019, he only played nine games, went for 908 touchdowns. And then 2020, maybe regressed a little bit in 10 games, probably about the same numbers. But, um, Frazier, you have him the highest out of us at eight. What can you tell us about Tylen Wallace? He's he's interesting because he was on pace to hit all that all those thresholds I'm looking for in kind of a top tier round one dynasty wide receiver pick through his junior year. He broke out huge sophomore year, like you mentioned, um, kept it going junior year. Um, he if he would have declared, he would have been um, a 21 year old rookie, which I'm looking for. And then if he could have paired that with maybe second round cap to, capital. Um, it'd be all wheels up, but then he, he tore his ACL. Um, so he had to come, come back for a senior year. So now all of a sudden he's a, he's a senior, but he's still a guy I'm pretty high on because of all that stuff I have mentioned. Um, but the, the injuries are a concern. I know, I don't know if there's any science behind this, but apparently his brothers tore his ACL three times and now he's <laughs> tore his ACL. So there's there's injury concerns there that would probably be my biggest thing but like I mentioned before he hit a, he hit a, a lot of those boxes that a lot of the elite wide receivers have also hit so it's interesting my my size plus production age draft capital comp is kind of like a fun size Cortland Sutton which could Ooh. be interesting um, and then I also, I had this comp today when I was filling this out and then I saw it on Twitter like two hours later, but, uh, Marquise Lee is another uh, interesting. Hmm. And I had that as my low end one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see that, uh, with Marquise Lee, I was, didn't have a great career, but, um, Riley, he, you have him at 11 actually outside of your top 10. What are your thoughts on Tylen Wallace? Yeah, and I, it's funny that Fraser actually brought up his brother's ACL injuries. That was going to be my fun little nugget <laughs> on uh, the family injury, ACL injuries. But I was also way in the weeds on this one day on, in the Twitter sphere, and uh, I saw some doctor. So, like, they proved the science that there is a little bit of science behind that, the hereditary of the ACL injury there. Wow. But also that they also did like these knee angle like analysis of like before and after the ACL injury and there was only one degree of difference so it seems like it's fully healed or like almost completely fully healed and it came back as strong as it was so that's a little another, another little nugget I can oh, add on <laughs> what can you tell us about Tylen's game 
I want to hear more about its knees. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. If you can somehow find it on Twitter, I encourage everyone to read it. <laughs> well, I'm a little worried. My dad tore his ACL twice. I might just not exercise. Oh, I'm a little yes. worried. No, don't make any no quick web, cuts. No web combine. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I like Tom Wallace. I think he's probably the best ball tracker in the uh, class, actually where he's just so good at his timing of his jumps and tracking the ball deep downfield. The problem is he really needs that because he's not very small. I mean, he's kind of small. He's not overly big, and he doesn't really separate well at all. He played in the Oklahoma State offense, which is wide open, played on the right side all the time. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's okay. I just don't like uh, short receivers whose specialty is jump balls. That's not necessarily my cup of tea. And uh, but I do think that he does a great job of tracking body control, timing of jumps and stuff. I think that's going to be his niche. I do have a James Washington comp on him, but I do like the Marquise Lee one as well. I think that's pretty good. But yeah, I just don't I think he's going to be another wide receiver, two or three. And the injury history is enough to push him down below other receivers for me. Yeah. Another guy, too, where he didn't he. I forgot to add this on the end, but he did not test that well for me, which also is pretty worrisome. Yes. Did not test well. Yeah, he came in at four or five at his pro day. Um, pretty low percentiles in speed score, burst, agility. Across the board, really, wasn't great for him. Um, those are some interesting comps. I kind of see sort of how you see James Washington, where it's like he comes in at, at 5'11", 194, but he doesn't really do much work like over the middle he's more of like this contested catch big guy um he plays bigger than he is i was kind of shocked when he was at 511 and he can get up um strong hands and phenomenal body control he like you said he, he pretty much just lines up on the, the right side on the sideline all the time but he's got great awareness of the sidelines he makes some crazy circus catches over there where he can keep his feet feet and body in bounds so he's really good at that um he doesn't like you said, he doesn't really get great separation. He doesn't have that extra gear. We saw that with the the four or five. Um, he was pretty much used exclusively outside. Um, nothing to write home on as like a route runner and doesn't do a ton after the catch. He's not that agile. Um, he can break tackles at time. But yeah, Tylen Wallace is a weird prospect where when I saw some of the numbers, I, I really wanted to be in on him. But um, he's, he's sort of fallen down for me. I actually moved him down a couple spots after rewatch. So, um, he, he, what he does well, um, you know, with the outside receiving deep ball sort of thing, I'm not sure how well it's going to translate to the next level. Um, that's why I'd rather take a safer bet in a guy like Amon Ra, but yeah, Tylen Wallace, um, I've seen him going, probably early second mid second in rookie drafts and honestly that's probably where i see him staying i don't see him getting drafted round one um so we'll have to wait and see where he goes round two but yeah definitely i feel like we sort of hit a tier here um with sort of uh amon ra and thailand where maybe not quite as much upside uh, with these receivers but still have a chance to be really good at the next level all right. Lastly, coming in at number 10, we've got Kadarius Tony out of Florida. Um, this has been another one of the guys like Devonta that film and analytics people have been going back and forth on. Um, the numbers are pretty gross for the first three seasons. Um, I mean, <laughs> 15 receptions for 152 his freshman year, 260 yards his sophomore Regressed to 194 yards his third year. I guess he missed more games in there. So totaled like around 400 yards. But in 2020, he goes 70 receptions, 984 yards, and 10 touchdowns, along with 160 yards rushing. And this is one of the guys – I'll start here because when I first watched him, I was amazed like, because I didn't understand really where he came from. I hadn't heard of him the past couple of years, and he was a senior, so I was like, what the heck? Um, and you turn on the film, and I was just amazed with what I was seeing. I mean, elite quickness. He's, he's so sudden with his movements. Um, and really the big thing with him was how physically he was at his size. Like, he comes in at 5'11", 193, and he's sort of like what, what Debo does where, you know, you can move him around and, and play different ways and he'll run guys over and make plays after the catch. 
Um, a fun fact with him, I believe I read he has the strongest arm at Florida. He was a high school quarterback, and I mean, when Kyle Trask is your quarterback, it doesn't take a ton to have a stronger arm than him, but uh, Kadarius Toney, maybe see him having a Mohamed Sanu rollout somewhere, but um, also he, he did have drops at the senior bowl, but over most of the film I watched, she had otherwise reliable hands. So I don't know if, what that was really about, if the like the pressure got to him or something. But overall in film, I saw he had pretty reliable hands. But the, the analytics crowd was not a big fan of this guy, wh- where he was um, the production and everything. And I kind of touched on it. Frazier, you want to follow up with that? Sure. I mean, we have talked a lot about some of these putting context to some of these seasons. Um, like I put context to Waddle sophomore year. There's a few, I mean, I can excuse some freshman years. I could even maybe excuse from junior years, but uh, Kadarius hit all three when it came to mediocrity <laughs> from the stats standpoint. So just a guy that I, I mean, I'm going to take him over some round four or five wide receivers that hit a lot of my boxes, but don't get the draft capital. Cause I, I think he's still probably going to get drafted in late first for a lot of the reasons you mentioned, but just the guy that I'm completely out on. I don't think he's going to fall to me in, in rookie drafts where I'd be comfortable taking this type of profile. All right. Riley? Yeah, I like Kadarius. Um, I'm going to side more with the film the senior year more. Uh he made a play in the season opener of standalone game against Miami like two years ago. And I was like, who is this dude? <laughs> and then just went on for like a year or two more of just never doing anything. And I was like, maybe I don't know what I look at sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but then this year I was like, is this still the same number one from that game? And I was like, wow, it is him. <laughs> and like, <laughs> And yeah, I know I love the tape. He like my comp for him is an unrefined Debo because Debo obviously had a bunch of refinement. Like at the Senior Bowl was like really yeah. showing how like good of a route runner he is and all that stuff. And Kadarius has that in him. He's got a lot of shake and has great like hip flexibility, like to do crazy things with his hips. And like his whip route is unstoppable. Oh yeah, but, yeah, and like obviously he's going to give you all the yak but he's small and all that contact invites injuries and the production profile isn't super promising which is why he's coming in a little bit below these other guys for me but i still like him a lot and he's going to get that great draft capital so i'm in on Kadarius tony uh despite uh the bad analytical profile yeah i've been back and forth on it a little bit i just love the tape too much to to completely count this guy out uh, tested pretty well at his pro day, ran a four, three, eight, um, had a good burst score. Um, really no red flags in the workout score. He's going to be 22 already. He's going to be an older prospect. Um, but yeah, I love his skill set that he brings. And yeah, I kind of agree. I had like a Debo plus Deontay where he's got the quick twitch ability, but he can break tackles like a Debo. Um, going to need a little work to get th- to that level, but it sounds like he's going to get, um, uh, late round one, if if not that, definitely day two, uh, capital. So um, teams are. It sounds like teams are liking what they saw on film this year. So, yeah, if it depends what you're going to be betting on with Kadarius, the the profile isn't great. The the analytics maybe don't don't go the right way, but the film is really nice. So, um, right at ten is probably about where we're looking. I've seen him. He's been falling a little bit in most of the mocks I've been doing. It's been like mid-late second. I've even seen him go to the early third. Um, so, I mean, at that point, you got to take him there, I feel like, for sure. I feel like I, I'm okay with him at the end of the second in rookie drafts. But um, landing spot, it'll, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. But definitely a super fun player. Uh, if he can stay healthy, I think he can be successful at the next level. I just want to drop this comp quick because it was probably the most identical one that I ran into when I was doing this exercise. And it's not like a high end or a low end one. It was just when I went across it, he is almost identical to, I mean, production, almost identical draft capital, um, almost the same size, same speed, same athleticism to uh, Philip Dorsett is eerily similar. (laughs) All right, so that would we call that a red flag? I mean, yes. 
<laughs> that's probably not what you're trying to measure up against no um, hey, the book isn't closed on philip dorsett <laughs> sure not closed till he retires that <laughs> <laughs> will know exactly. all right well that's our top 10 um and we still got a lot of solid receivers we got to go through here some good value for you guys later in your rookie drafts and we'll we'll kick that off next time with 11 through 20 so i'm gonna save the farewells for now and um you know thanks for tuning in uh riley and fraser will be back at it next week 11 through 20 plus tight ends so we're gonna get to talk about uh, a certain tight end prospect that has gotten you know a little bit of buzz so Uh, We'll talk about that guy in 11 through 20 next time. So catch you guys later.